Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is what we call the anatomy of a lawsuit, what is happening right now. I am going to teach you exactly where everything went wrong. This is the plaintiff, Monica Carrion. She says she purchased a new battery from the defendant for her Toyota Prius, and the thing was a dud. She's a mobile phlebotomist, needs her vehicle for work, and is suing for the refund of the $1,600 she's owed. This is the defendant, Nick Bergunst. He says he sold a new battery to the plaintiff over a year ago. The woman is now complaining the battery's defective. But the plaintiff is required to register it with the manufacturer who will warranty it for defects. She failed to do so, and he owes her nothing. He's accused of charging up a customer. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Carrion, you are suing for $1,600 that you want refunded for a battery because according to you, the defendant will not honor their warranty. Tell me what is going on. Uh, that is correct, Your Honor. So um, as of January of this year, I started having issues with my battery. I contacted the installer. Can you, can you back up a second? You drive what? Uh, 2006 Toyota Prius. Okay. And when you say battery, you are referring to, this is a an electrical car? Hybrid. hybrid? Right. Uh, vehicle. Yeah, hybrid okay. vehicle. So you bought a battery from the defendant. I actually was referred to him by another gentleman who was the person that installed my uh, the battery, which is Rusty. He's here in California. And I guess Mr. Uh, His name is Vergunst. This gentleman in front of me. <laughs> Vergunst. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so Mr. Vergunst is actually in Colorado. So that's how I got a hold of him. So let's back up a second. Online. Just to understand, you needed a new battery. You went to the local installer and the local installer right. sold you the battery. Correct. I, that's what I assumed. He told me that, oh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and connect you with this guy in front of me, this gentleman. And then he was going to be the one to sell me the battery. So okay. I stood from the. Yeah. That's fine, because I do see emails between you, the plaintiff and him, the defendant back in March of 2019, buying the battery. So Correct. you bought the battery from him. All right. Now, Correct. tell me about your business, Mr. Vergunst, uh, what is the name of your business? New Prius Batteries, LLC. That's correct. How are you able to yes. use the Prius name? <laughs> well, Toyota hasn't knocked on my door yet. That's it. Toyota, <laughs> <laughs> so I hope Toyota executives it's are not watching. Anyway, so talk to me about your business because I'm fascinated by it. You saw an opportunity and you seized it. Tell me about that. So I actually have a Prius as well, a 2006 model, and my battery gave up the ghost uh, shortly before I started 
this business. And I was looking for a replacement battery for my Prius. And the only way that I could get one that was of comparable quality to the original was to actually go to Toyota and fork over over $3,000 for original battery. Uh, I myself am an engineer. I have a degree in both electrical engineering and computer engineering, and I've done power electronics for over a decade. As I'm, I've helped build custom electric vehicles. So, you know, it's a battery. It can't be that hard. So I figured out how to manufacture some that were just like the original ones that Toyota made. And so I put those in my vehicle as well as a few test mules from the factory. Oh, yeah. Toyota's going to be calling you right after this is. <laughs> I guarantee Toyota's going to be calling you. Go ahead. Because you're competing with their well, sales. They- so it costs three grand at the dealership, but you're able to cut out the middleman and you charge 1600 I made this for my Prius. And then I decided, well, if anyone else wants one, let's see. And so that's how we started selling them. So you buy it, you have it installed, and what goes wrong, Ms. Carrion? So pretty much um, starting January of this year, I started having issues with it where my vehicle stalled on the freeway. And then I had to have my vehicle, was towed to the uh, Toyota dealership, and the Toyota dealership charged me 150 to just get it diagnosed. So do you take it back to your installer? Correct. And what does your installer say or do? So he, according to him, he says he took a look at it. He's going to fix this and this and that it should be better. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine. It's, it was working fine. And then coming towards March, I would say like March 4th or so, that's when I started having another issue. The same thing, my vehicle just stalled again. And I told him, hey, you obviously didn't fix the problem. What's going on? Can you let me know? So then he told me, yeah, it's uh, the battery. I'll have to remove it. So he took out the battery. He let me borrow one until he we had been discussing with me and Mr. Verguns um, about, you know. So tell me what happens. You reach out to Mr. Verguns and what does he say? So according to him. Because you're within the two year warranty, right? Correct. Okay, go on. Correct. So I reached out to him multiple times. He never responded. And I didn't hear back from him until finally he was like, okay, well, what do you want? You want your battery? Yeah. And then at one point he. Wait, stop, stop. So when does he say, okay, okay, you want a new battery? What day does he say that? And and what through email or text or what? Through email. Okay. Hi, Nick. I've sent several emails and just left a voicemail regarding the issue with my battery. Please advise. Oh, and actually earlier than that. You sent this email, which is this is a follow up email from yesterday. I spoke with Rossi and was told my new battery would need to be replaced with another battery. He told me to follow up with you and you would send me another battery since it's still under warranty. My previous email has my receipt information. Did you ever get a response to either of these two emails? He says he responded to you no. on the 5th. Did you get a phone no, call? He didn't. Did you get a phone call? No. No. And I, Your Honor, and I've actually called, I tried calling him multiple times, left vo- multiple uh, voicemails and never heard back from him. Okay. Mr. Verguns, did you respond to the March 5th emails? Yes, I did. I responded to the March 5th email at 5.34 p.m. If I send you a new battery, you will need to send the old one back. Also, please install it yourself. We will not warrant any work done by this third party in the future. You contracted with a third party to install and they failed installation. It is really not our problem at this point, but I am willing to send you a new pack for you to install properly. And according to him, he sent that. At 534 on March 5th. Did you receive that, Miss Carrion? Okay, I received that email. However, that's what I was going to get to. He started, you know, at one point I was just like, okay, am I going to continue to have this problem? And then that's when I requested my refund. And he said, well, out of goodwill, I'm not, now that you don't want one, 
which I never said I don't. I just said, well, that fixed my problem. He had never responded to my question. And so he was like, no, I'm not going to give you one anymore. Did he say that to you by email or verbally? By email. If you don't want to help me with this issue, refund me those $1,600 that I paid. And then he went on to respond. Your issues with the bad installation from a third party you contracted with. I'm sending you what a new battery for okay, hold on one second. March 6th. Do you heard me read the email that he had, had sent you on March 5th, right? Yes. And in yes. that email, he said, I will send you a new battery. So yes, what, what is it, your very next email to him on March 6th? Can I, can no, I just answer my question. Quick? What is because your next? Stop. What is your mm-hmm. very next email to okay, after that? him after okay. that? Well, that was the second. That was the second one. I just wanted to know when is he going to respond? This shouldn't be as hard as it is. This is what we call the anatomy of a lawsuit. What is happening right now? I am going to teach you exactly where everything went wrong. So now I want you to listen to my question. I read the email out loud that he sent at 534 his time. I want you to read out loud to me your very next email. Um, I understand your issue with your associate and not great to hear, but again, I have a receipt which shows I purchased a $1,600 battery from your website. I would like to move forward with the new battery replacement. However, I'm a bit concerned. If I send you the battery and do not send me a new one, how can we set up an agreement where I, the consumer, can make sure that I receive a replacement? What is the process? Where do I send it to? Please explain. Thank you in advance. Okay. And that is on March. That's a perfectly reasonable email. That's on March 5th. March 5th. Correct. And then does he respond? What is his very next email to you? March 5th. He responded, I'll send you a new battery and you send back the old one. Again, we have no associates. You contracted with the third party. Which is a perfectly great response. He doesn't expect you to send back the old one before he sends you one. Again, we have no associates because you had said associates. You contacted with a third party. He's 100% correct. And at 928, ooh, talk to me, Mr. Vergunst. What happens? Stop spamming my personal accounts. I am doing a goodwill replacement. Your problem with installation is not a warrantable claim. It is the weekend and nothing is being shipped until Tuesday at the earliest. So what had happened that caused you to send that one out? I received uh, business emails, business voicemails, which are perfectly fine. Uh, But I also received LinkedIn uh, messages, you know, to my personal account that's not in any way related to. Yeah, but she can't read. Don't you have to accept her for her to be able to write you and, you know, to talk to you through LinkedIn? Well, when you send someone an invite, you can personalize it. Okay. uh, So that the personalized invitation is a message. Okay. Essentially, right? You can say, hey, I know you back in high school kind of thing. Or, hey, where's my battery at? (laughs) Either way is an invitation. Okay, (laughs) go on. And uh, this went on for the majority of the day. I How so? When you say business. it went on for the majority of the day, what do you mean? Uh, multiple emails, text messages, uh, voicemail. Will you tell me how many times did she email you Saturday? Just tell me. Uh, on Saturday, I believe it's, it was about four times. Four times. Three or four times. And uh, at what point did you finally tell her I'm shipping it out on Tuesday? Uh, that the first contact I had with her on Saturday was at 9.28 p.m. And so at and, that point, and, you tell her you'll have it on Tuesday. And does she respond to that? So on at 9.28, I tell her that I'm sending her a brand new free battery goodwill gesture. And I do answer her question. Stop that spamming it my personal account. I'm just and then and she says, I'm just following up with you regarding my questions. And you were not giving me a time frame, I, which is true. Because yes. you told me she 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 wrote to your business ones and you did not respond. Now it's Saturday. 
I get it. It would have been nice if you had responded with a time frame on Friday. Ooh, Miss Carrion, at 9.36, yes. two minutes. So let's put ourselves, here we are. It's Saturday night. It's 9.34. It's 9.28, and it tells you, stop spamming my personal accounts. I'm doing this as a goodwill replacement. Your problem with installation is not a warrantable claim. It is the weekend. Nothing is being shipped until Tuesday at the earliest. To which you respond, hey, I was just trying to get an answer. And then you sat there for 120 seconds and stewed because you thought he was rude. And you sat there and said, you know what? Or if you do want to help me solve the issue, refund me my $1,600 that I paid. And what happens? He writes back. Now everybody's writing one minute after each other. Your issue is with a bad installation from a third party you contracted with. I am sending you a new battery for free as a goodwill, which is quickly eroding. Also confirm you understand that this battery is not to be installed by a third party. We will not warrant that for your vehicle. And then you say, because at this point you're starting to understand he's holding all the cards. Please ship it to this address. That's fair. I agree. Then at 9.51, so since your website offers a two-year warranty, what will it warranty, or was this a live fake? Ooh, bad move, bad move, when someone else is holding the cards. And you could sue him and win, but, oh, that's so much trouble. So it's actually much better to smile politely and wait for this to be over. I actually want to cancel the order and request a refund. How do you provide refunds? And 10.07, nobody's got a Saturday night. (laughs) Nobody's out. Nobody's having fun. Everybody's just writing back and forth. The warranty requires proper installation. It was improperly installed. I am offering you a free battery to replace a mistake that you or your contracted third party made, which is not warrantable. You have no clue if that's true. Your your supposition is that the guy installed it wrong. Why? So we actually have a history uh, with this installer. We have had five claims total globally for the thousands and thousands of batteries that we've shipped Three have been with him. Okay. And going through the text messages I submitted uh, between him and myself, he likes to ask questions all the time that are in the installation manual. He does not actually follow it. And with her battery itself, there's actually a text message chain where he says he had to go in and retighten the bolts, which means he did not tighten the bolts to the proper 48 inch pounds of torque which is the exact guess that I made at the beginning, which is he did not use a torque wrench. Ms. Carrion, let's you and I talk turkey. You know that at one point your third-party installer looked you right in the eye and mentioned that he may have installed it improperly. Correct. So what possesses you to play Canis Mas Macho on a Saturday night with a guy who's still going to give you a brand-new $1,600 battery. Why would you tell him, or you can just return my money? Because let's see what happens. Oh, it's a rhetorical question, darling. On Monday morning, you file a Better Business Bureau complaint, don't you? Wouldn't you do that? I mean, if you don't hear from a person... I would tell you, let me tell you what I would do. I would say, thank you. I'll be there Tuesday to receive the battery. I appreciate your goodwill gesture. You have yourself a wonderful Saturday night. Do you know why I would do that? Because... I want the battery. Now you got the guy saying, I'm going to send you one anyway, even though three out of the five problems I've had have been because of this guy. And he's telling you he's going to ship it Tuesday. And what do you do? You up the ante and say, why don't you give me my money back? And when he doesn't answer you, bad things happen on Monday morning because you didn't answer her. And I understand that she's becoming a pest. 
And I understand that she's not striking the right tone. I understand that, but you understand that's why a Better Business Bureau complaint was filed against you. And then you should understand that when you file a Better Business Bureau complaint and you look me in the eye and say, wouldn't you? No, I might have waited until, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday to see if I got it. I might not have filed the complaint in the middle of my negotiation with him because look at where you are. You're here because then he said goodwill evaporated and then that's it. He was done. And then look at you. Now you're here begging for, you know, for justice. Wow. So really your defense is she's annoying as can be, right? That's your defense is that she didn't seem grateful and um, you were doing it as a goodwill gesture because you have this this feeling that he installed it wrong. Um, And she's not being she's not showing striking the proper tone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do here? Mr. Vergunst, what do you want to do here? I get it. I know how we're here. I know why we're here. I know how we're here. So tell me, what do you want to do? Here you are. You're not just in court. You're on the people's court. You're on national television. Right? There are a lot of Prius drivers listening. Right? (laughs) What you want to do? What you want to do? Well, just like we offered her before, we offered her a free battery. The free batteries for goodwill. Can you and do so it can now? Would you do that for her now? She's, she's a little edgier than most people. She was antsy. She wanted answers and she wanted them now. You've heard me dress her down about that, okay? I think that you're right. I understand and it was not smart on her part. But what do you think? Will you send her a battery? We don't have one to send at the moment. We're actually out of stock. Really? Uh, we... We don't even advertise. We have people who buy more than we can produce. What did you end up doing, Miss Carrion? Did you buy a new battery from uh, Mel? So you're still driving around in the battery that the third party gave you to drive. Okay, let's go back to your texts with her installer. And what is the date you want me to look at where he says he tightened it? And that's going to be your evidence um, of him doing it incorrectly, I guess, I want to see if he admits that he did it incorrectly. What day do you want me to look at? Because now I got to get down to that. If I think it's his error, you get nothing. What do you think, Ms. Carrion? Just like I asked him, which way do you want to handle this? You want to take what's behind door number one, which is his offer to send you a new battery, or do you want to take what's behind door number two, which is me looking for this text? So you feeling lucky? What you want to do? I would like to have a battery that works, and I, yeah. Okay. So you're going to send her um, no later than what, Mr. Vergunst? You can put it in the mail. It depends on customs brokerage. We've had over a month delays getting into Los Angeles. Okay. Does that work for you, Ms. Carrion? Because I guess you're using the battery from the third-party guy. No? Okay. So then I'm just going to look for the text and and call it and say whether it was your guy's fault or his. Okay. This is it. It has all come down to this. Even with my intensely persuasive powers, I have not been able to get you guys to agree. Uh, so she now she doesn't want to accept the deal, which is fine with me. I don't care. My batteries in my internal body are starting to run out. So I'm going to call it and somebody's going to walk away 11. from here very unhappy. So there is a text on for a completely different customer on September 30th of 2019 where he has, you know, being cautious with the nuts, which means that he did not torque them properly. And then he did have to his quote, they did tighten up a bit more. And then he says they 
you know, had to tighten several nuts. Again, they were not tight when he opened the battery up. Okay. I mean, it's... I find that you have sufficiently proved that this gentleman has some problem installing these uh, batteries. Um, And I am finding in favor of the defendant in this case. Good luck to everybody. Thank you, Judge. So, in a surprise, the judge finds for the defendant in this case, Ms. Carrion, the plaintiff, what are you thinking right now? I'll never buy from a third party. That's what I learned. All right. Sorry, you lost. And I guess you have no one to blame but yourself there. The judge tried to help you out. Mr. Vergunst, how do you feel about the outcome of this case? You're kind of surprised? Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I I think we tried to do the right thing uh, throughout. Uh, We know we did offer a goodwill battery, even though, as the judge agreed, we didn't have to. I got got to admit, you're a very generous guy indeed. Good luck. Congratulations. You prevailed. Okay, Doug. So, look, in this case, it's pretty clear that the plaintiff's installer may have been the one that created the problem here. So, as a result, the defendant's off the hook. Now, remember, the plaintiff could go after the installer if the job wasn't done properly, and that's always a possibility. And that's why, before you file lawsuits, you should really investigate to see who ultimately is the culprit. What kind of wine do you like, or what is the best red wine to drink? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I have spent my time very wisely during COVID. Uh, Some people have learned a new language. One of our friends became a photographer. Um, And I have spent my time perfecting my hobby of red wine. So you become an expert. Yes. So much so that it's humiliating to take out the recycling. Um, I like full-bodied reds, so I like Cabernets, Cabernet Sauvignons, I I, I like... Malbecs? Malbecs. But you didn't even drink wine. You were a Uh -uh. Buffalo beer drinker. I still am. You still are, but um, until our 25th anniversary when we went to Napa. That's right. For our 25th anniversary. That's when all of a sudden... Now all of a sudden, not only Uh do we buy wine, now we have a refrigerator for the wine, because now you're liking it. Yeah, I do. I drink a little bit. Yeah. My go-to is beer, and then after that, maybe a... uh, a rye whiskey on the rocks, but I do like red wine. And when you open a bottle, I usually have a glass, right? If I, if, if there's a glass remaining. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plaintiff, Tanya Jordan. She says she purchased a refrigerator from the defendant. And when she got it home and plugged it in, the thing didn't get cold and she was ripped off. She's suing for $700, the amount she paid for the fridge, and spoiled food. This is the defendant, Chris Baker. He says he has no idea what the plaintiff did to the refrigerator, because it was only four years old and it worked fine when he had it. He tried to help this lady out, but certainly doesn't owe her any money, because she must have misused the thing when she got it home. He's accused of not chilling out a customer. All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Doug. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Jordan, you purchased a used Samsung refrigerator from the defendant and his wife for $400, and you are suing for $700 because you want the money back for the fridge plus money that you paid people to transport it, plus gas, plus the food that was damaged, because according to you, it's a piece of junk. Tell me what happened here. Good day, uh, Your Honor. Um, What it was is I'm in the process of opening a group home, 
and the refrigerator that I had was smaller as well as it did not cool sufficiently. So I went on Marketplace uh, to find a larger refrigerator and I found where Lisa Marie Baker had an ad for the refrigerator. I asked her at that time, was there anything wrong with the refrigerator? And she said there was nothing wrong with the refrigerator. Um, That same day, I had agreed to pick it up, but she said the husband needs to speak to her. Needed to speak to you? Right. And so I talked with the the husband, uh, who is uh, Chris, and Chris explained that there was an emergency, had to fix someone's plumbing, and I understood, no worries. So we rescheduled to deliver it another day, in which he would uh, actually help with the delivery of the refrigerator. Okay, but you were picking, you hired some people, or you tipped them or whatever, to go with a truck to his house to pick it up. Did you ever make sure it was working before you bought it? Yes, I went to his home, and... um, the refrigerator was in the garage. Did you open up the fridge door and did you put your hand in there and did you think it was cold? I couldn't really tell at that time. Why not? Um, I mean, it's because... supposed to be 38 degrees. I can kind of tell the difference between 38 and not. I'm get, <laughs> I can't tell the difference between 38 and 39, but I can tell the difference between 38 and 59. Like, I, you know. Right. I was going just basically by that, that the thermostat that showed on the refrigerator. Okay, and tell me about that thermostat, Mr. Baker. What's the deal with that? What is she saying here? There's two different settings on there. It'll tell you what the temperature actually is and what it's set for. Okay. But when she came to pick, when she came to pick that refrigerator up, it was cold. Okay. When you open the door, it tells you what the temperature is inside. And what was it? Do you, you remember? Have to, it was, no, I don't. And then when you press it, it, it tells you what it's set at. Right. Okay. You have to press it again in order to get the temperature that... It is set for, yes. Okay. So um, according to you, it was working fine when it was at your house. Now you pick it up, Ms. Jordan. That's correct. Okay. Um, So you take it. And how was it uh, placed into the truck? um, There were, I want to say, four uh, men that lifted, including um, Mr. Baker, that lifted the refrigerator up on top of uh, into the truck. Okay. All right. And um, can I ask you, uh, you paid how much for this? $400? I paid $400 for the refrigerator. And then, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Baker, how much did you pay for that refrigerator when it was new? I paid $1,900 for it. And how old was the refrigerator? It was about four and a half years old. Okay. Ms. Jordan, the refrigerator gets to the group home you're starting. And by the way, what kind of group home is it? It's a group home that's going to service veterans. Oh, great. Okay. And um, what happens, according to you? So when I the first night I got it, um, when it was delivered, Chris actually came over with us. He was very uh, helpful during the Yeah, that's very nice. I've never heard of a seller, you know, helping to bring (laughs) it to you. But go ahead. So um, when we get it home, I was just exhausted. So I didn't I didn't do anything that that particular day. Okay. Um, So. That next day, I got up, plugged it in, and and just, you know, let it set. And it seemed to be cooling. And when I get up and I'm looking into the the temperature setting, it's like it's not moving. Like I'm pushing the button and it's not dropping the temperature. So I called Chris. He came over and he looked at it and, you know, did whatever with it. And um, so he came over to try to help you fix it. He okay. did. Okay. At that point, we had a good relationship because he had fixed my grandson's basketball goal. 
put it up for me. He had fixed my doorbell. So, I mean, I had Did no you pay reason. him for that stuff or no? No, I didn't pay him for that. Okay. Um, he just, you know, I, I was like, I do believe in tipping people. He was going to come back and do more work Did for you me. tip him? So whatever, not that particular, <laughs> I did not. Because... Do you know how often we, I have a seller help deliver? How often does this happen in front I, of us? I've never heard of that. That's one, right. Ever. Help deliver it, then comes over to see if he can fix it. Fixes it. Other stuff. Then while he's at it, let me wait, let me fix your hoops. Um, and your bell. And let me fix your doorbell. Your doorbell's not working? I can, I can put a gun to my husband's head and not get him to fix that stuff. He comes back over and he, quote, fixed it. Well, did you so think I, he'd fixed it? Yeah, I, I had no So did it feel cold? Well, no, I'm asking you. You're an independent thinking person. Did you put your hand in it and say, oh, yeah, that's way colder. That's perfect. Did you? It seemed like it was cooling down to me. Okay, so what'd you do? F- food in the fridge. Okay, why didn't you wait in until, fridge. wait just a second. Why didn't you wait until the temperature was down to put food in the fridge? I just assumed that, you know how, what they say about assumptions, but I assumed that it was going to work. Right. <laughs> and uh, put the food in the, the refrigerator and I went to bed. And then um, what happened? So I get up the next morning. It is hot. The fridge is hot. So I got back in contact with Chris and he actually came back over and dissected the refrigerator. And? Um, and? He was not able to fix it. And he what was wrong um, with it, Chris, when you came back that second time? Well, it was loaded with food and it was about an inch away from the wall. So that, that was two problems that I had noticed right away. So Why? What away happens? What happens when you overload the refrigerator? Well, it, it just takes it longer to come to temperature. Um, I've, I'm not a refrigerator repairman, but I do know that you have to let it get cold before you put your food in there. Okay. And what about um, uh, an inch from the wall? What's the problem with that? Well, cause there's a fan in back of it that keeps the coils cool. Right. And if it doesn't have anywhere to pull that air in from, then it, it, it overheats the refrigerator. Okay. So what did you tell her that day when you came over those two things? Yes, I did. And then and we pulled it away from the wall. And then, and the then apparently the you, you offered to, so you took a video of the food that was ruined and let's see your video here. Okay, this is a cake that I had purchased from my cousin, Mustard. The cake was $40. Half of the cake was in the refrigerator because I buy sweets and then I freeze them. So that's completely ruined. (laughs) Um, All right, all right. I get the general idea. Now, when you tell him I want you to pay for my food, what does he say? Actually, he offered to pay. Okay. He, he offered to replace. So you had actually, Mr. Baker, said to her, give me a list of what you're missing. And, uh, I, and, and you told her, tell me exactly what you told her, Mr. Baker. I did, I did tell her I would replace her ruined food. I was just trying to be nice. I didn't want any enemies in the neighborhood. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I also told her that she should put the food in her working refrigerator before it went bad. Mr. Baker, let me ask you a question. You actually told her that you would use your food stamps to help her buy the food? <laughs> Had that go over I with did. your wife? <laughs> she, no, it wasn't going over with my wife at all. Okay, all right. Um, what did your wife say about that? She said that uh, we're not going to use our, food, our kids' food money to replace her food when she should have just left it in her working refrigerator until ours... The one that we sold okay. her went, got the temperature. So uh, my understanding is that you also um, offered to have somebody go over and fix it. And you called an appliance repair 
place and had them go over there? The one person that I did find said that she would have to call and make an appointment. Uh, okay, and so you, she was the homeowner. Wait, why are you making that face? I thought you did call that appliance store, Jay's Appliance, and made an appointment. Correct. I, I did go to them um, and make an appointment. And actually, when I made the appointment, it was like a three-week, three to four-week wait. Um, okay, so they come over. And what him. do they say about it? Um, he says several things are wrong with the refrigerator. Um, I don't see what he says because the only documentation you gave me doesn't say anything. It just says Jay's appliance. And then it says uh, over freezing is what it said. It didn't even say it's not getting cold. It just says over freezing or something. Where's the rest of Jay's diagnosis? Why couldn't Jay's appliance fix the, the refrigerator? What did they say? It would take a while for the part to come in. And it would be about $400. Is any of the, anything you're saying in writing? Because I don't have that in writing from Jay's. Ms. Jordan, do you know what the phrase as is means? Have you ever heard that phrase? Yes. Right. Yes. What does it mean? It, you're buying it as is. What does that mean, though? What does that mean? It's whatever it is. It is what it is what it is, right? But, Ms. Jordan, here's the deal, okay? When you come to court on a used as-is sale, you have to prove to me that he gave you a specific warranty, a lie like, oh, I put in a new compressor, and then someone can testify, an expert can testify this compressor's, you know, 10 years old. You have to show, like, a specific lie because there is no warranty on, on a used item. So he doesn't have to do diddly squat, much less fix your doorbell and your basketball thing, give your kid a pump, go to the place twice, um, offer to pay. He doesn't have to do anything because there is no warranty on a used as-is sale. So I guess the, the information I provided was the evaporator cover. The whole point was... I don't care if what's wrong with it is that it is possessed by Satan. It just doesn't matter what's wrong with it because you're supposed to know, inspect, and be confident when you leave an as-is sale. And if something goes wrong, and it's clear something went wrong, I'm not, deni- I'm, I'm not disputing something's wrong. The problem is, whose burden is it once you're done with an as-is sale? And the answer is, buyer beware. Because when you're done buying a used item, you best make sure you want that item and it's working for you. And the price of 400 bucks for a $1,900 item is awesome. And if you have to put a little money into it and a used car that you're buying, you're aware of it. If you have to put a little money into it to repair it, you're aware of it. Whatever it is, you best make sure you know what you're buying because he has zero obligation to you when it's over. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. So the plaintiff fails to prevail in this case. As the judge says, the defendant didn't have to do doodly squat to help her. And he really did try to help her. Ms. Jordan, what do you think about this? How do you feel about it? I mean, it's, you know, there's a reason why people like him have, uh, you know, issues. Uh, and it's because he knows he, he sold me a refrigerator that was not working. He knows that. He he knows that it was not working. He's... Uh, He's going to get what he was coming to him. Well, sorry, you don't prevail. You, you, you're, you're stuck. It was an as-is sale. That's what the judge said. Chris, you saw. You seem like you did a, as much as you could for her. How do you feel about it? You, are, are you surprised she sued you? I am, actually. You know, there was nothing wrong with that refrigerator to start with. And I thought it would be something minor and simple to figure out. That's why, you know, I put my effort into trying to figure it out for her. And I'm sorry that it worked out this way. Well, listen, the judge found in your behalf, sometimes you just can't please everybody. Unfortunately, it just didn't work.
So that'll bring the case to a close. The defendant really did try and do his best, at least it seems that way. What do you think, Harvey? Okay, Doug, so in a situation like this, uh, the plaintiff is going to lose on several counts. Um, number one, there really isn't any proof that this thing was defective when the defendant sold it. Uh, and, you know, it may have been that this refrigerator was old and just broke uh, as a result of being transported. But no matter what, this is a private as-is sale. And even if it didn't work at the time, the plaintiff had the ability to plug it in, to look at it or whatever, and unless there's proof of fraud, the plaintiff's going to lose the case on that count. So what the plaintiff should have done in a situation like this is, A, try the refrigerator out by plugging in and making sure it gets cold, and two, ask for a 30-day warranty to make sure the thing is going to work. If the buyer, if the seller says no, you can always walk away, but ask for it. If you get it, then you may have legal recourse. The question is, who is the better driver? Oh, boy, that is a, a tough question, but a fair one, okay? <laughs> First of all, when I'm driving, it's really like two people are driving because right? I'm sitting there trying to pay attention to the road, and you're yelling at me to do this, do that. What's wrong with you? That guy's going to cut in front of you. This is going to... I'm like, honey, I got this. I got <laughs> this. I've been doing this a long time. Okay, I, but I, in fairness to me... Uh-huh. You have sometimes a bit of a lead foot, do you not? Uh, you know, maybe I get there a little faster than some other people I, do. I hope the kids are watching right now. <laughs> and so I, I am nervous about you doing long drives without my, either me or one of the kids in that car to right. slow you down. Listen, I will drive to the ends of the earth with you, but can we do it with maybe like a blindfold and a gag or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right, just something or, or, or just some headphones. Having complained a lot, let Dark me just glasses. say, I hate driving. I hate driving so much. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And the kids will call us when they know we're on a long drive saying, mom, are you doing half of the driving? I'm like, oh right. yeah, I'm doing half of the right. driving. Meanwhile, I do zero of right. the driving yeah, I because I would so much, much rather you drive right. and I can get stuff done on the computer. And We are much more productive when I'm driving. And, and my you eyes are, are distracted right. and it you'll get on like the gag and the, and the blindfold. Plus you get onto tasks and you get things done while we're driving places. I, on the other hand, if you give me the iPad or the stuff, I have the attention span of a gerbil. So it's like <laughs> one thing I'll start on task A and then all of a sudden I'm on task B and things are all jumbled up and I'm like, oh my God. So I'll keep complaining and you keep driving. Sounds good. Sounds like a deal.